أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد باب في الإمامة وحكم الإمام والمأموم It's a chapter regarding uh, being Imam and the ruling with regards to or the rulings with regards to the Imam and the follower um, this is an important chapter. Uh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, Aymatukum shufa'a'ukum wal ya'ummukum akbarukum. Your imams are your intercessors in front of the Lord. Uh, so let the one who leads you in prayer be the greatest amongst you. Uh, and it's possible that the, the meaning here is the eldest. Uh, and uh, uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's also uh, uh, reported from him that he said, In sarakum and tuqbala minkum salatukum falia ummukum khiyarukum fa innahu wafdun bainakum wa baina rabbikum falaya ummukum illa dhukur. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if it makes you happy that your prayers should be accepted from you then let the best of you uh, lead the prayer. Uh, because indeed he is like the delegation between you and your Lord. Uh, this is important because the imam uh, in, in the beginning, in the best part of this ummah was who, the Prophet wasallam. he was the best of the ummah. And then afterward, <coughs> after him the imam was who? I said Abu Bakr Siddiq was the best of this ummah. And likewise through the, the Khulafa Rashidun. Uh, in them, the leadership in temporal and spiritual affairs was there together. This is the sunnah. This is the, the barakah is in this. It said, Wallahu alam, that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, actually reported and relatively reliably that he would have other people lead the Salat al-Taraweeh. But the five daily prayers, Sayyidina uh, Ali, I believe, also, uh, but the five daily prayers they would they would lead on they would lead themselves, and uh, the uh, hadith is not let the one leading the salat be the one with the most operatic voice, you know, ummukum, you know, like the Luciano Pavarotti minkum, like that's not what that's not there, you know. Whereas nowadays that's what we've done. Yes, there are some very pious people who have beautiful voices. Uh, we had the Qari Hassan Saleh visit, mashallah, the other day, and I consider him to be, mashallah, you know, hitting it on both both fronts. Um, <clears throat> but oftentimes, what will end up happening is that the imams are hired because of their uh, because of the beauty of their voice, or worse yet, in fact, in more masajid than even that in America, and that's bad enough, right? You don't hire, you don't make a person the imam because of how beautiful their voice is. Worse than that is what is that masjid boards will hire an imam because of how pliant they are. So they'll purposely hire weak people or they'll hire people who are like like unmarried boys or they'll hire like, you know, like just people who are not, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being an unmarried boy. But the thing is, you're not going to be that, you know, if it says right here, it says that if you're if it makes you happy that your prayer should be accepted from you, let the best amongst you <clears throat> lead the prayer because that person is the wafat between you and between your Lord. That person is the delegation between you and your Lord. What does that mean? You know, uh, that means that, yeah, uh, you should have someone, the per, a person who's respectable, in fact, the person who is most respectable in their deen, um, be the imam. 
And uh, there are some people who deliberately, for political reasons, they'll avoid that. Why? Because um, it's like a political threat or challenge to the people who run the show in the masjid, who are oftentimes impious people or oftentimes people who are not interested in praying or things like that. Um, <clears throat> so the imam will be like kind of like a political proxy for them. The entire community suffers for that. Um, uh, this is this is like it's it's very problematic. It's very interesting actually. This is something you guys will find strange. There's a book, obviously it's not Maliki Fiqh, but there's a book, one of the Hanafi Fuqaha in the Indian subcontinent. He wrote a book, I think something like 50 different wujuh uh, tarjih uh, for who should be imam. And generally the, 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 the Fuqaha mentioned that the afqah, the person who understands the deen the best, is the one who should lead. And then if two people are equal in that, then it should be the one who knows, like for example, more Quran or whatever. Like there's a whole set of, there's a whole set of different wujuhat. Uh, 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 that that are uh, you know that you go through. The last one that that was mentioned in this treatise was what whose wife is more beautiful. So I remember I remember our one of our asatiza he was saying that uh, he was mentioning this that that the uh, the the munkirin of hadith that don't follow madahib they, they 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 made a mockery out of this one point. What kind of fiqh is this that whose wife is more beautiful? Like why are they mentioning this? You know. And uh, after, you know, like talking on the issue for some time, I raise my hand and I go, Ustadji, I go, that doesn't make, like, explain it to me. Like, what no difference does it make whose wife is more beautiful? <laughs> and so he, like, looks at me like, like I'm stupid. He says, tell me something. He goes, when a man walks in the bazaar, if his wife is ugly, is he going to look around? Or the one if, whose wife is the most beautiful woman in the village, when he walks in the bazaar, is he, he going to look around? And so I was like, okay, well, mashallah, like the, the fuqaha actually, like, you know, they thought, I mean, this, is a, this example is like not amenable to this age. So if anyone's listening at home, like, feel free not to use this example in your khutbah unless you want to have like a hailstorm of violence, like rain down on you. But the point is, is this is that they used to think about these things, right? So if the one whose wife is more beautiful is more worthy of imama, why? Because his eye is not going to wander when he's walking around as much, right? Then what does it mean for, what does it mean for the one who's imam? He's not married at all. Uh, uh, you know, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, uh, help us all. These are, it's interesting, the fiqh, you know, the fuqaha thought about stuff, and they're real about things, you know, they're human beings. The point is, is this is that in the old days, they're conscientious about that the imam should be somebody who, <clears throat> who, uh, uh, you know, th their focus is there on the prayer, because they're like the bottleneck between the congregation and between the Lord. If the imam shows up and he leads the salat without wudu, like nobody is prayed, you know what I mean? Yom al-Qiyamah, you won't be punished for the prayer. You might even get the thawab for the prayer because of your intention. But the spiritual effect of the prayer, it's not going to be there. It's going to ruin it for everybody. How many people we see, we see imams are like, because they'll hire them literally from people who are struggling or people who have no knowledge or people... And good intentions is not the same as knowledge. Good intentions is good, but it's not knowledge. Uh, 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 there are some relatively cynical people, but because of their knowledge, you know, they still like don't you know manage to like not screw up basic things, right? If a person doesn't you know isn't conscientious about their tahara, and like nobody's conscientious about their tahara until they see their asatiza, their mashaykh doing things, right? Uh, you know, otherwise people are like oh yeah, you know, like uh, you know, I'm someone urinates standing, and a little bit splatters on their clothes. Well, it's not a big deal. It's just a little bit. You see your, the mashaykh, they're like, no, that's not cool. Like you can't a lot, a little. It's not you know. You see the the. The, the, the lengths to which they go to keep their clothes clean and things like that, you know. And then, then you learn, if you just learned your dean from like watching YouTube videos and like, you know, a couple of MSA events. And I love MSA. I'm not saying this to disparage MSA. I myself am an MSA member, mashallah. But like, you know, 
the point is, is this is that like if you if you don't take the dean like that from from its sources, then you know you may end up screwing up a lot of stuff, and the entire community will will suffer for your ignorance if you're the imam. Uh, and so, <clears throat> this is a different model of imama than than uh, uh, than I guess we're uh, used to. A lot of us are used to in America. So he says, وَيُؤْمُ النَّاسَ أَفْضَلُهُمْ وَأَفْقَهُهُمْ Ibn Abi Zayd, he begins the chapter by saying that, that, that people will be led in the prayers by their, by the most virtuous of them. Meaning what? Meaning the one, there's a number of different ojuh of, 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 of fadl, ilm, <clears throat> and piety. Now nobody's perfect after the Prophet ﷺ, nobody's perfect. Some people get really, really close, you know? Uh, uh, even that age, someone may say, okay, well, that age is gone, you know. Uh, someone may say that, okay, such people exist. Well, if they do, they're not like, they're not the ones who are like running to immigrate to America. You know what I mean? Um, this is something like for us born and raised in America, it's kind of like a shock if you travel in the world and things like that. Pious people in the Muslim world don't really take well to like the idea of moving to a, a non-Muslim land. Because those things that, you know, we very are very comfortable about, you know, living in these places. Like, you know, like you can't eat there. They serve haram as well. Oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, you can't avoid it. So it's okay. Uh, the people back home are like, well, we can avoid it by not going there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, you know, America is a disproportionate sample of stuff. You know, it's not a representation of the, the actual Muslim world, uh, just like its practice of the Sharia is not a representation of the Sharia. It's kind of like a, a, uh, uh, an, exceptional, an exceptional example. So at any rate, the, the, so one is the knowledge, the other is the practice. Uh, okay, fine, we're in America, we're the B team, C team, we're not going to really find no, it's not true. I mean, some people, mashallah, some people are good people, mashallah. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're virtuous people. Even here, Allah Ta'ala gives from his fadl as well. But you might say, well, we're not going to find someone who's like that good. The minimum standard is someone should at least have enough shame not to sin in public openly. What people do behind their closed doors is between them and Allah Ta'ala. There's enough evidence in the, in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that the, just the attempt to hide your sin and to feel sh- enough shame that you're not like showing it in front of other people, that's like a, also a maqam with Allah Ta'ala. It doesn't, it's not an excuse to keep sinning and to give up trying to get better. And oftentimes a person who sins privately, but then inside of their heart, they lose the, they lose the, the fear of Allah and they lose the feeling inside of their hearts that this is a bad thing. Then Allah Ta'ala exposes them oftentimes. But at any rate, the point is, is that there's a continuum. This is a very important line. If somebody at least has enough decency to not do things in public, and hide their sins from other people. You don't need to worry about and speculate what people are doing when the doors are closed um, with regards to these matters. So the person who should lead the prayer should be the most virtuous amongst them, and in specific, the the uh, amongst the people of virtue, they should be the the ones who have the most understanding, knowledge of deen. Now, why why is it that he said the most knowledge of deen and not the one who memorized the most Quran or the one who recites the best? <coughs> a person should recite well. It's makru to have a person lead the prayer if they don't know tajweed. And by tajweed, we're not talking about like the super like refined tajweed like the Qur'an have. We're talking about the nutq of, uh, uh, of the letters of the Arabic language, the pronunciation of the letters of the Arabic language to the point where an Arab would understand what's, what's being said. 
So, you know, someone rolls their R's a little too hard or like their rain is like a cha is a little too hard, right? It's supposed to be lighter than that. It's supposed to be rain and cha. But you don't say, like, oh, look, the prayer is, the prayer is uh, uh, invalid. No, because even if it's pronounced a little too harshly, a normal Arab will understand that you're saying cha and not saying like sheen. You understand what I'm saying? Um, we have that, mashallah, different aqwam. They have different ways of pronouncing things. They see people turn like qaf into kaf and they turn like, uh, you know, like that, that type of stuff that happens. As long as it's something that like an Arab, when they hear, hear what it is, they understand what it's, what's being said, the prayer is still valid, inshallah. Uh, um, <clears throat> it's when it starts getting all muddled and mushed, mushed up to the point where a person doesn't understand, like an Arab wouldn't understand what they're saying, then that person, the prayer is invalid. And amongst those people, like if there's like 10 people like that, Right, if they're the only ones there, then still their prayer is valid. But if the eleventh one shows up and he knows how to uh, pronounce the letters properly, he should be allowed to lead. His presence will invalidate the prayer for the people who are there if they don't let them lead. Um, and if he joins them, his prayer will be invalid as well because he, you know. But that's only for the person. The facade of their pronunciation is so bad that it, it, it's no longer recognizable. You know, like you know, Zwalin is probably like that. Like, you know, there's like there's a little bit of like whatever ambiguity in it. When someone like completely kills, like destroys the, the makhraj, then that person should not be allowed to pray. But very few places have like, you know, like jama'at in America and things like that will have someone like that up front, especially in the presence of somebody who can who can do better than that. Right. So why is it, you know, so that's that. But that's an extreme case. Right. There are many people. There are many people who will be able to recite, but their tajweed may not be perfect. Why is it the person whose tajweed is enough to like say the letters, but not be super perfect? If they know fiqh, they have more right to lead the prayer than the person whose recitation is perfect. Why? Because faqaha and fiqh has to do with understanding the validity of the prayer and, and what invalidates it. If a mistake is made, how to land the aircraft safely? How to how to like finish the prayer in a way, fix it in a way that will uh, keep the prayer valid? You know, if a person doesn't know certain things invalidate the prayer, they may do them and and like nobody's the wiser. You know, so the thing that has to do with the validity of the prayer, it takes priority over the the thing that's from the perfections of the prayer. And obviously, a person should like all of the above. You know, as a community, if you have a thousand people at Jumar or whatever, or somewhere near that, like we have in our masjid, mashallah, you should try to have somebody who's, you know, a good uh, a good mix of all of the above. So this is a, another hukum with regards to imama. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَنْ يُفْلِحَ قَوْمٌ وَلَّوْ أَمْرَهُمْ uh, imra'atan. Uh, and so the, the Sharah uses this as a dalil for the, for the invalidity of the imam of a woman That a woman should not be imam A woman cannot be imam And uh, in the Maliki school, women cannot be imam Neither for the fard nor for nawafil Not for men nor for women A woman just doesn't lead the prayer It's invalid for a woman to lead the prayer Again, this is a difference of opinion amongst the ulama. The Shafi'is say that a woman can lead the farth prayer. The Hanafis say that a woman can lead a nafil prayer, but she can't read the, lead the farth prayer. And in those other madahib, when the women pray uh, together, the, the, the woman who's, who leads the prayer will stand in the, in the row with the women. She doesn't stand a, 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 a suff forward. Now, uh, uh, you know, this is a long discussion. Uh, um, one of the proofs that uh, that a woman can lead the prayer is the hadith of Um Waraka. 
which is an which is an interesting it's an interesting uh, uh, um, story that Um Waraqa radiyallahu anha was one of the people who actually jama'at al Quran fi ahd al Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. She's the only woman who was recorded to be the uh, be a hafidha during the life of the Prophet sallallahu as the revelation came down. Others, other Sahabiyat memorized it, but then after the Rasul Sallallahu passed, Alayhi But during the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Hafiz ibn Hajar, he mentions. Uh, 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 I think Siyuti narrates from him, or maybe Siyuti himself mentions in the in the Itqan that that. Uh, no, I think it's maybe just Siyuti that uh, that uh, um, that she is she's the 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 from the women she's the Hafizah, and so. She was like a grandma. She raised her grandkids and she had some household slaves and things like that. So it was children and slaves. The Prophet ﷺ gave her permission to lead the prayer in the house that the, that the adhan was called from her home and the iqama was called and they would pray in congregation. She would lead the prayer. But it wasn't free men, first of all. And uh, Malik, the Malikis, they considered this to be an exception because the people of Medina didn't used to, the women didn't used to have congregations. It was unknown to them that the women prayed congregations. Um, and it's, you know, it should be clear why it's exceptional. Like, you know, she was the only one who was a hafilah anyway, and she was like an old woman. She was not uh, able to leave her house and things like that. And so the people of her household could learn from her. The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave her the nickname of a shahida, the, the martyr, the martyr woman. And uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhuma, he, he, he would say to them, Yalla intalaq bi, he would not yalla, but intalaq bina uh, nazur shahida let's go, uh, let's all go out today, we're going to go visit the shahida we're going to go visit her. And so Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu during his reign, uh, uh, um, a slave boy and a slave girl of the house, they conspired with one another to murder her and run away. Um, and so she was, she was, she was killed in zulm, which is one of the types of shahada. And so this is one of the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ that after, many years after his passing, he predicted this would happen. But uh, uh, um, that's that's a proof in, in in favor of those who those who say that it's valid. And the proof in favor of the Malikis is, I mean, this 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 there's a, it's a ta'wil of this hadith at any rate. It's not directly mentioned, but um, generally the fuqaha understand this hadith to mean like the Imam al uzma the like the, a woman cannot be Khalifa. Uh, but uh, um, uh, but uh, the Amal the Ahl Madina, the women didn't used to lead the prayer. Um, and in fact, it's an understanding uh, uh, that a woman will receive more uh, thawab for. Praying separately, praying alone, than she, and at home, than she will for praying in the congregation or in any congregation. Uh, there are other conditions of the imama that are not mentioned here in the in the text. One of them is bulugh uh, 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 that a person has to be an adult. We have this thing where, like people, you know, they have good 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 intentions. They'll put like kids forward to lead the salat. Um, there is some scope for permissibility possibly in the nawafil uh, and in particular like if there's no hafiz to lead uh, taraweeh and some kid is a, is a hafiz or whatever like there there are some of the fuqaha in the past that have given fatwa that is permissible in general adults should not be led by children in the salat if so uh, in the prayer, farth prayer it's invalid 
uh, it's invalid. They shouldn't put kids forward to, to lead the farth prayer. And in fact, not only that, but for that reason, the, in the saf in the masjid, the, the person behind the imam or the couple of people behind the imam should be adults as well. In case the imam is somehow incapacitated, that one of the adults should be able to step forward and finish, finish leading the prayer. Um, uh, another hukum is, is Islam, that a person should uh, be a Muslim. Uh, you can't you can't have a non-Muslim lead the prayer. Qarafi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions a, 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 a fatwa or, that was asked about a person who led the prayer in such and such place for a very long time, and then he disappeared, and then he came back and he said, well, you know, I was actually a Christian the whole time, and I was making a fool out of you guys, so, so you have to repeat all of your prayers. And so the fatwa Qarafi gives is that, that what? Is that he was, uh, uh, as long as he was leading the prayer, it was a sign that he was a Muslim. And his apostasy is effective the date that he said that he's not a Muslim. And the witness of an apostate uh, 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 is not admissible in court. So you don't have to make up the prayers. But like if you know, then, you, then it's completely invalid. It's completely invalid. If someone like, right, like claims later on that they were fooling you or whatever, that doesn't that doesn't affect it. But if, you, if people know, they shouldn't allow. And if there's shak in a person's iman, they should not be allowed to lead the prayer. This is one of the wisdoms of not letting the uh, Ahlul Bid'ah and the people of reprehensible innovation lead the Salat. If they want to join the congregation, that's fine. No one needs to stop them. But, you know, they should not be allowed to lead. Unfortunately, politeness, you know, is, uh, reigns over fiqh or political correctness or politics in general in many, many uh, in many cases, but uh, they should not be allowed to lead the prayer for the same reasons that the prayer should be uh, landed safely. It should be uh, entrusted in the in the in the care of the person who will take the best care of it. وَيَقْرَأُ مَعَ الْإِمَامِ فِيمَا يُسِرُّ فِيهِ وَلَا يَقْرَأُ مَعَهُ فِيمَا يَجْهَرُ فِيهِ The the follower will will recite uh, 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 with, at the same time as the imam and, and the silent prayers, those things that are silent. Uh, but he will not recite anything uh, uh, from those things, that are, those things that are recited by the imam out loud. Now, you have two like extreme opposite opinions. One is the opinion of the Hanafis, which is that it's like basically haram to like, like makruh tahrimi to recite behind the imam at all, ever any of the five prayers. If the imam is reciting, you just stand silently. That's it. Uh, uh, in the loud prayers and the quiet prayers, the loud rakat, the quiet rakat. Then the polar opposite is the shafi'is. So you have to read the fatiha behind the imam, whether the salat is the loud prayer or the quiet prayer. Otherwise, the prayer is not valid. La salat lam al-kitab. You know, مَنْ لَمْ يَقْرَأْ بِفَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ فَصَلَاتُهُ خِدَاجٌ 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 etc. And the proof of the Hanafis is what? إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِمَامُ لِيُؤْتَمَّ بِهِ The Imam was there so that you follow him. And literally the, the, the hadith of the Prophet the occasion of him saying it is like, what is this? I hear people like behind me like saying stuff while reciting while I'm reciting. He said, indeed, the, the, the Imam was, was, the purpose of the Imam is so that you follow him. And then on the flip side, there's the there's the the hadith of the person you know the one who didn't read from the fatiha that person doesn't have a salat, uh, or, or the one who doesn't read from the fatiha their prayer their prayer is 
it's like it's like a, um, incomplete, 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 and so you have these two polar opposite uh, opinions. And like many many cases where the Shafi'is and the Hanafis have like these like, diametrically opposed, irre- irreconcilable opinions, the Malikis are halfway in the middle, which is what the loud prayer you don't recite while the Imam is reciting. Because that's Mali Unazirul Quran. That's literally the process. And what is it that I'm arguing Quran with Quran? Right? What is it? It's the argument of two Qurans and the Imam is reciting something and then the, the follower is reciting something. So loud prayers are the loud prayers, there's no recitation from the ma'mum, from the from the follower. And the quiet prayers, then the Imam doesn't hear the follower, the follower doesn't hear the Imam. Wallahu alam. So in the Maliki school, the quiet prayers, and I think this is usually like standard Sunday school Islam in America ends up being this. Until somebody like realizes, oh, I have a madhab and like I'm gonna go take classes or whatever. This is what ends up happening in America usually is what is that that you you know you listen during the loud loud rakats of the loud prayers and you uh, recite in the quiet rakat of the quiet prayers uh, 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 in the quiet prayers I should say. Um, but uh, this is the this is the, the 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 Maliki position. That being said, in the Maliki school, the prayer is valid if a person doesn't say a word behind the Imam, uh, other than uh, Allahu Akbar and Assalamu Alaikum. So if someone is like a new Muslim, like 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 real new, like just took the Shahada, doesn't know the fact, none, none of that stuff. One solution to that is what? Just have them pray with the congregation. Because uh, for them to not recite behind the imam in the quiet prayers is makruh, but it doesn't invalidate the prayer. Um, and uh, uh, you know, this is this is a precept amongst other proofs for this for this position. This is a precept in the in the Maliki school is a muraat al khilaf that if another school has a position very hard, strongly held position, then that will somehow mitigate or soften the the opposing view, right? So. Theoretically, the person should, you know, be, be reciting something in the quiet, quiet rakat. But the Hanafis say that it's valid. In fact, they say it's far this wajib that a person not recite anything, you know. Uh, um, and so that, you know, the slot should at least be valid. Even if it's makro, should at least be valid, you know, for if a person doesn't uh, recite anything. Wallahu a'lam. وَمَنْ أَدْرَكَ رَكَعَةً فَأَكْثَرَ فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الْجَمَاعَةً uh, a person who catches one rakah of a prayer, that person has caught the congregation. Meaning there's a virtue of like praying in congregation. In order to catch that, you have to catch at least one rakah of the prayer. Which means you have to catch the imam um, before he comes out of ruku and the last rakah of the prayer. Uh, um, uh, so this is a, a bit of a, a I guess, a, a fine point. Maybe you want to, you want to uh, pay attention in order to understand it properly. And it has to do with the question of what should the person who comes shows up to the slot late do. And. For example, if you show up in rakah number three, okay, that means you missed what one and two. So after the imam says salam, what do you do when you get up? Okay, which rakah are you in when you get up? 
So Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, because there are two separate sets of athar. There's one set of athar that, 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 that suggests that the person who missed some part of the prayer and catches some part of the prayer after the salam, they should get up and make qada, make up what they missed. So qada would be what? You read three, you read four, and then you get up and then make up one and two. Okay, that's one model. There's another set of athar that suggests that the person who missed a prayer should make bina, meaning they should build on what was, what was there. Meaning what? That imams three is your one, imams four is your two, and then you get up and read three and four. Okay? Malik rahimullah ta'ala, he said that the reason for the two separate sets of athar is what? Is that the, the qada refers to the, refers to the qira'ah. Making up refers to the recitation because the imam does it on behalf of the, uh, of the congregation. So when it comes to your recitation, if you join in the third raka'ah, then the third raka'ah, the imam recites what's in the third raka'ah, and the fourth raka'ah, the imam recites what's in the fourth raka'ah. You missed one and two, so you then get up and do one and two. So you'll re- read not just the fatiha, but the fatiha and surah, fatiha and surah. Right? But when it comes to the action as, actions of the prayer, the imam doesn't do them on your behalf. Everyone does them on their own behalf. So... When, 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 so when you join, that's your first raka'ah, and then imam's fourth is your second, and then when you get up from the salam, then you'll do the actions of the third, and then the actions of the fourth. So this is, this is, this is a, 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 a kind of a nuanced understanding. Uh, I don't want to speak on behalf of the other madah, but my understanding is that some of them, they'll just pick one or the other. Either you build upon what you missed, or you uh, uh, make it up. So, here you have to do kind of both, but one is you keep one count when it comes to the recitation because that's what the imam does on your behalf, and one count you do on uh, for the for the actions of the salat because you do those on your own behalf. If Sheikh Musa was here, he would tell us the Hanafi opinion. I don't want to like misrepresent it because the Malik opinion is look a little tricky. So like, I don't want. It's the same. So you recite like. It's the same thing. For your for your uh, for your Actions. sitting, yeah. you, you you just do it by your even and odds. Mm-hmm. So if it's like your yeah. third, you should as your first rakat. So your the one the first one you make up is your second with sitting. Nice. So that sounds similar. Fun times, fun times. وَمَنْ صَلَّى وَحْدَهُ فَلَهُ أَنْ يُعِيدَ فِي الْجَمَاعَةِ لِلْفَضْلِ فِي ذَلِكَ إِلَّا الْمَغْرِبَ وَحْدَهَا so the person who prays on their own, and then afterward there's a, a congregation that's praying the prayer. They can pray it again in order to get the reward of the congregation. So for example, you prayed Dhuhr when it came in, and then like you're like, oh, well, they're you know, going to pray in the masjid like in half an hour. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that, right? So you can pray the prayer again in the masjid with the, with the congregation. The second prayer is going to be considered a, a, a nafil. But it's a special nafal in the sense that in it is packed up the, the, the difference of reward between having prayed on your own the far than if you had prayed the congregation. Do you understand what I'm saying? The reason for, for making this differentiation is this is that the person praying a nafal cannot pray, uh, cannot uh, uh, lead the person praying farther. Whereas vice versa is possible. If the imam is praying, you know, this is one thing like in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Athari schools, in the Shafi'i and Handali schools, according to my understanding, you can ask their mashayikh, you know, for the actual definitive fatwa. But according to my understanding, um, the imam can have a different niyyah and the, the follower can have a different niyyah. So the imam could be praying zuhr and you could be praying like 
Maghrib from like October 25th, like 1938, you know, like you, you know, you, you, it doesn't matter. Everyone has their own intention and you can pray in the same congregation, but like have different niyas. Whereas in the, in the Maliki and Hanafi school, if it's a farth prayer, it has to be specifically the exact same farth prayer that's, that's being prayed. A person can pray with a nafil intention behind someone who's leading the farth, but not vice versa. So if you prayed the fard prayer already and you're just joining the jama'ah in order to get the, the reward of praying in jama'ah and congregation, um, you cannot lead. You have to be a follower. Does that make sense? So he says that, that the exception to that rule is maghrib. Why? Uh, you were, were you here for when we went over the prayer times? The mukhtar and zaruri and all that other stuff. Yeah, the yeah. Time is very short. yeah. so like the, this this rule of being able to pray, catch the congregation, it has to do with the mukhtar time. The maghrib has no mukhtar time, it's all zaruri. You have to pray. The maghrib time is basically you pray and it's over. So if other people are praying late, then you don't join them. It's just the time is done. They, they're praying late. They may not be so late that it's, it's a qada, but they're, they're still praying late. So, and if that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, then you can go back and listen to the, in the SoundCloud, you can go listen to the, the very detailed, uh, um, very detailed uh, explanations for the prayer times that we went over in the past. وَمَنْ لَمْ يُدْرِكْ إِلَّا التَّشَهُدَ أَوْ الْجُلُوسَ فَلَهُ أَنْ يُعِيدَ فِي جَمَاعَةٍ A person who, imagine like you come to the masjid, right? And you, you catch the, the, the congregation in the, the, the last tashahud, right? According to the Maliki school, you haven't caught the congregation. You takbir in, but then when you get up, you have to pray the entire prayer over again, over again, basically, right? This is different. I think in the Hanafi school, if you catch the imam at any time before the salat, you're considered to have caught the prayer. Uh, 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 whereas in the Maliki school, you didn't catch it. So he said that the, that person, that person is like kind of stuck in the prayer that they like takbeered into, but like they didn't actually catch the congregation. So if the congregation prays again later, you know, he can join them in order to catch that, catch that, uh, that the virtue of the congregation. وَالرَّجُلُ الْوَاحِدُ مَعَ الْإِمَامِ يَقُومُ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَيَقُومُ الرَّجُلَانِ فَأَكْثَرَ خَلْفَهُ so the the if it's only two men who are praying, the uh, the imam will pray to the uh, uh, the sorry the follower will pray to the right of the imam and just like a step back or half a step back. Uh, uh, um, uh, whereas if uh, imam prays with uh, uh, um, with uh, uh, two or more people following him, then they pray uh, an entire row behind him. Ideally, this is the sunnah. Uh, uh, the, the the place where the imam stands with regards to the um, where the imam stands with regards to the uh, to the followers is that they should be in front of the followers at all times. At any rate, this much is a sunnah. It's, a mak- it's makruh for the follower to stand in front of the imam. This is uh, different than the, all the other imams, the other imams of uh, the madhahib. They all say that if the, if the follower gets in front of the imam, his prayer is invalid. Malik said the prayer is valid, it's, but it's makruh unless it's done for a reason. What are reasons to pray in front of the imam? If there's no, if there's no room in the masjid except for like a space like that, then that's a reason. It's no longer even makruh. What's another reason? Another reason is imagine someone's coming to the masjid for the salat from the qibla side. And if they don't join the salat, they'll miss it. 
that's a reason. That's also a reason it's no longer makruh permissible to takbir in. This is this is this is a useful hukum to know if you go to Madinah Manawara. Why? Because there's a whole gang of hotels on the Makkah Bukharma. You because the Kaaba is the center, right? right. So every side is <laughs> qibla, right? Whereas Madinah Manawara, if your hotel is on the qibla side, you know, uh, um, you can actually join the you can actually join the salat. Now it's really interesting because, like the, the 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 government, like the official madhab of the government, there is the Hanbali school. And the Hanbali school, if you pray in front of the imam, your prayer is invalid. There's huge signs out there that say, like, if you pray in front of this line, your prayer is invalid, right? And so what happened was, one of our Desi countries, who cares which one it is? When the recording stops, I'll tell you if you want to be really entertained. But really, could it be any of them, right? Um, there were some pilgrims from one of our Desi countries that takbird in in front of the imam, and then there was another guy from one of our Desi countries. While they're praying, he's screaming at them, "Your prayer is invalid! You know, get out!" Blah 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 blah. The other thing, the other thing. And so, like, I'm like walking toward the masjid, you know, like to try to join the jama'ah. I told him, I'm like, it's not invalid. And he's like, he's like, he goes, you don't know anything. You guys come from your countries. Even though he's also from the same country. He goes, you guys come from your countries. You don't know anything about Dean. I go, tell me, where did you study? He's like, he, he's like, he's like, forget about where I studied, where I didn't study. He goes, that's what the imams over here say. He goes, he goes, he goes, Dean came from over here. It didn't come from Pakistan and India. I go, Dean came from here. I agree with you. It didn't come from Pakistan, India or whatever, Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, whatever your five choices are, right? I go, right? I agree with you, right? But you did. So just calm down, you know. So I, I you, you know, wasn't excited about that. This is the madhab of the Ahlul Madina, the actual Mad- Madani people of, of the Salaf, is what, is that they would join the Salat from the Qibla direction if that meant they were going to miss. If you could get there and like actually join the prayer without missing it, then obviously it's makruh. It will sap your, your prayer of reward by doing that for no reason. But this is a reason to do it. If you do it over there, I'm pretty sure that there'll be another like random like desi, uneducated guy who will yell at you in your salat. So just like keep walking. But I'm just saying it's valid. It's not like something to freak out about or anything, right? This is another, this is another thing. Uh, Sheikh Musa and I were talking about it just this morning. I had made an announcement about it one time. If you follow the Hanafi school, mashallah, keep following it, right? Uh, uh, but like, you know, in the other schools, like for example, if you're coming from the back of the masjid, then the jama'ah is in, 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 in uh, uh, Ruku. What happens, Right? You have like the like the the whatever uh, Michael Phelps or not Michael Phelps? What's the name? Okay. Michael uh, Hussein Bolt? No, the guy before him, Michael something or another. What's his oh, name? Johnson. Michael Johnson. People be pumping their <laughs> arms like they're like the like advanced Terminator, like running, you know, like to get to the get to the salat. That's Macru anyway. You know, you're not supposed to run anyway, right? But like you know, you can join the 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 the, the jama'ah from the back of the masjid. In, in Ruku, and then you just like step by step walk up and like you know uh, join afterward, or you could join from the back of the masjid, and you can just pray your prayer there if you don't like the idea of walking during your salat, right? Uh, um, according to the Maliki school, if you follow another madhab, you know, knock yourself out. But one good thing about coming to Dars is like what? It's better to know the hukum of something from some madhab than like nothing at all, right? Uh, and there's a wisdom, there's a hikmah in it because people are like, oh, you're just being lazy. It's not lazy. You actually, you actually catch the prayer. And this is what the people in Medina Munawwara used to do in the Ahd al-Salaf, radiallahu uh, anhum. So uh, uh, he, he, says, uh, he says that... Uh, um, that the in kanat imra'atun ma'ahuma qamat khalfahuma if there's a, a woman with those two followers and she'll follow she'll have a separate line behind behind the two followers 
وإن كان معهما رجل صلى عن يمين الإمام والمرأة خلفهما. And if it's two men and one woman, then the the man will will step to the right of the imam and the woman will pray behind both of them.